from the studios of Fractal Recording. This is the Profit First Podcast, episode nine. Eins. Yeah. Zwei. Die. You really like Vier, fünf, sechs, sieben, noch nine. You really like nine. <laughs> That's all the German I know. You should see your face right now. It's all red. You're like, you know, these blood vessels popping out. Wow. Welcome, everyone, to the Profit oh First Podcast. I almost goose-stepped to your side of the desk. That was intense. <laughs> That's Dude. A, yeah, so this is a, a podcast which you can find on iTunes and Stitcher, and my name is Chris Kern. I'm the founder of Fractal Recording. I'm Mike Michalowicz, author of Profit First, and you know what we do in this episode, or we do in every episode? We talk about the bottom line. I call it the Alpha and Omega of business. You need to know how much money is coming into your pocket, and that's what we talk about. That's right. It's the profit. I love it. I love it. You know, I got a buddy with me today. Yes. Introduce him. His name is Ron Saharian, lacrosse stud back at Booton (laughs) High School. Really? In the 80s, yeah. 80s? (laughs) Yeah, you were 89. Oh, 91. Oh, God. He, yeah, okay. He wants you he to... Was sk- held, he was held back. Skew it toward the 90s, please. <laughs> so, uh, you, you are older than me. I am. I am. Lacrosse studied at Booton High School, went on to Stockton State, one of New Jersey's most prestigious schools besides Princeton, and <laughs> rocked it out there. Uh, and then he came on to Profit First Professionals after a, less, uh, a very prestigious uh, lacrosse career. That's cool. Yeah. So welcome, Ron. Thanks, guys. So, uh, what have you been up to, Mike? Dude, gas is two twenty-five a gallon. Yeah, I, right. Come on, there's something fishy going on here. I, you know, actually, I heard what's going on. There was a news report, and then this is no BS. OPEC, you know, the U.S. is, is increasing gas production, and at such a volume now that OPEC feels threatened. So they're actually dropping price to push the U.S. back out of the. It's like an energy war, and the benefactor is the U.S. consumer. For once. For once, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not. Yeah, me. so kind of interesting. Hey, guess what? What's up with you? Yes. <laughs> guess nice. what? Guess what? What's Good up with segue. you? Good yeah. segue. Well, no, I got a new mixer the other day, a new audio mixer. So you see this one right here? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have a new one soon. Oh, wow. Which is really awesome. But, I, but what I did was funny. I got it in the studio. I put my old one and my new one together, and I literally sat there for like two and a half hours envisioning all the ins and outs, literally. You drip engineering. Contemplation. I know. I mean, the audio quality is amazing. The feedback we got for this show, generally people think the show sucks, but the audio is freaking amazing. So Yeah, just check the comments. You'll see. Um, I want to say, do a quick shout out to our sponsors. I want to thank Nextiva, our premier sponsor, Fundera and T-Sheets. And I'll talk about them a little later on. Yeah. But thank you. They're awesome companies. Just check them out. I just recommended Nextiva. Did you to one of my one of my new clients, dude? We got to call uh, Ron. You know Jason Spencer. Mm-hmm. He heard one of the podcasts and said, "Dude, I got to get a new phone system. Tell me more about Nextiva." Awesome. I recommended T sheets to a customer as well too. Oh, there you go. Yeah, they're cool companies. Well, least- and, and and the fact that they're paying us to do this is even cooler, right? <laughs> at least we're doing something. We have an awesome guest today. Yeah, I mean, in addition to Ron Saharian, <laughs> our out of studio guest is Rob Braun. Um, you may or may not know Rob Braun, but he um, is an extremely accomplished public speaker. I've seen him. Um, we haven't shared the stage yet, but that's coming soon, I suspect. He's a corporate trainer. He's a leadership guy. Uh, I've known Ron for Ron. I've known Rob for almost as long as I've known Ron. We go back for quite a few few years now, and uh, we have stories uh, together that we cannot share publicly because uh, we've had some crazy, wild times. 
Um, but it's a real privilege because I think you're going to learn a different perspective about profit. You're going to learn it from working with the corporate side. You know, we talk about small business, corporate. You know, the corporate folks need to focus on profit too. So, with no further ado, Rob Braun. Rob. Oh, Mike. Um, first of all, thank you for the intro. And I have to say, you're, you're, this whole preamble is wonderfully energizing. This is cool. Very cool. All right. So here, here's the big Debbie Downer part of it. We got to put you back on mute because I totally forgot something. We forgot again. We, we have a again. habit of introducing our guests with all this fanfare and, you know, napery and cutlery and everything. And then all of a sudden we have to say, uh, could you hold one second? So, Rob, seriously, sorry. Hold one second. No worries. Go, okay. Okay. We'll do this again. Uh, hey, uh, okay, go ahead. Ron had the word of the day. What's the word of the day? Oregon Ducks. Oregon Whoa. Ducks. Whose word is it? Uh, uh, yours. Okay. So just so our listeners know, this is the word that Chris has to sneak in, Oregon Ducks, but he has to use it as a verb at a very incongruent time. <laughs> um, and we have to see if our guests can figure it out. Okay. And by the way, all the previous episodes... because They were muted. No, no. Lisa Robin Young told me. She's like, I could hear what you I know, I know. I, I got some calls saying, everyone knows the words. <laughs> okay. But I fixed that. Oh, good. Thank you. Okay. Let's bring him back. All right. And with no further ado, Rob Braun. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank Should you for that. Should we give him some that. music now, for Is the rest of the world hearing this twice? <laughs> Effectively. <laughs> Effectively. Yeah, Chris doesn't do any editing. Um, I know you're accomplished in the uh, corporate space and yeah. that you do some leadership stuff. Um, tell us exactly what you do, just so our, our listeners can get a better sense of it. Fair enough. And uh, and I got to tell you what, I, I dance in a couple different worlds with that. So the corporate side of it is... Uh, the training and then working with the executive and the leadership team. So working, coming in and delivering training um, all the way from working with, again, the executive team, leadership management, staff development training, and then, I mean, working with the entire organization. And if you on the training side of it, communication skills, goal setting, how to resolve conflict, you know, how to, how to be good employees with each other and, and all that. And then, uh, and then I work with the leaders and, and, if you will, how to not only get the best out of their people, but be also very, very strategic in succeeding as an organization. What, what's a common or typical scenario you walk into with these leadership teams? Like the most common uh, that comes to yeah, mind. Yeah, well, uh, most common is they're, they're, uh, I'm coming in and they're certain that what I'm going to be able to do is go fix all their people. Because their people are not engaged, they're not appreciating, they're a whole lot of things. And and honestly, the, the challenge and the, the problem really is with the executive team and the leadership team. So then how do you cross that chasm? I, I call you in, I'm Mr. CEO, uh, my team stinks, they're not doing what I want them to do, the problem's me, is what I hear you saying. How do you navigate that one? Well, um, you know, like with any, when we're working with anyone, we're, we're going to get to a place of getting real honest. I, I got to come in and, and build rapport and, and help them to understand that I'm on everybody's side. I don't have a dog in the fight, so I'm not here to play sides, and I'm here to support everybody. And um, when when I'm able to do that fairly quickly, Mike, you and I know, you know, even when we first got together, there's a, there's a way that, and you're great at this, a way of being able to disarm people. Yeah, it's called booze, and, uh, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Rob. Yeah. Rob, here's yeah. some wine. I don't think it just doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't work at seven a.m. No, I, 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 <laughs> no, it did. Not that always. One time, that one time. Yeah, one time it did. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so just disarm um, and get the arms unfolded and get the defenses down and set that all aside and, 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 and reassure them, I'm here for you. So everything we're going to do moving forward is going to be on your behalf. And, and that, that allows me then very early on to start talking pretty honest with them and, and seeing things and calling things. Yeah, but it's their money, right? So they're giving you a check and you're now telling them ultimately, even though they're disarmed, that the problem is them. I assume they still become defensive. It seems like human nature. No one wants to be the guilty party. Uh, you know, in defensiveness at this point shows a little differently. Um, if, it were, if I came in too hard too soon, they show me the doors like we made a huge ass mistake hiring you, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, it it there's still that part of them that's wanting to help to justify why they're making the decisions that they're doing. Rob, I hear what you're saying, but if you had the people that we have, or if you had the the challenges in this market that we're having, so there's that there's that part of them, and and you know, and I listen to them, I listen to, and I and I hold space for that, and I keep pressing. Hmm. So, Rob, some of the people you talk to might be really soft and gentle and, and, and that kind of thing and professional and all that. But some of these people in the executive team might be a little more crazy and loud. And I mean, have you ever had to, like, grab somebody by the shoulders and just, you know, Oregon duck them until they understand yeah. what you're talking about? <laughs> I haven't had to go to that. Um, I, I, one of the most disarming um, uh, um approaches is to it's just to honor and validate right where they are and i i i understand where you are i understand why you're holding firm to why you believe you need to be doing this a certain way i get that so so that that's one of the big things right there and even when i've even I literally had someone stand up in the middle in the first 30 minutes pointing at me going i don't know what the hell we brought you in here for we were fine and and in that moment trust me in that moment i got all kinds of feelings going inside my body but in that moment my job is to validate wherever they are he just recounted and, every date i've had with my wife <laughs> i don't know why i brought you here get out wow well let, let me ask you this rob when it comes to the numbers um i, I presume you know, the corporate feels a little bit cold and callous. I presume it, it all boils down to if Rob comes in here and you walk out and they make more money, they're happy. Is that the reality? Is it, is it all about the numbers at the end of the day? It's, uh, you know what, it all translates into the numbers eventually. Um, when we're, when we're um, and, I, and I love using companies that are doing it right and successful out there. And, and just what a great a company we've all heard about is Zappos Shoes. Mm -hmm. And they, they focus their attention on their employees and their customers. Constant employees and customers. So when when we're able to uh, help, if you will, increase employee engagement, and there's ways to be able to measure that, that what ends up happening is there is less call-ups. There is more cooperation. There are people willing now to see value in cross-training and developing themselves and increasing their skill levels. And they're engaging more. And, they're, and when there's an environment also that allows for more permission for us to have conversations and ask questions and bring ideas and not shut them down right away, ultimately that is all going to translate into bottom-line dollars. And can you give hard numbers around that? I mean, if I can better engage my employees, actually, I don't even know what that means to better engage my employees. What does that mean? Part one. Part two yeah. is if I can achieve that, how do you know that translates to more profit? 
Okay, fair enough. So you're right. It's a it's kind of a buzzword out. There's a very popular word yeah. out there. Uh, is the whole employee engagement. Employee engagement is and um, there was a, a there was a Gallup study done that that spanned God nearly thirty years. But if I if I look at just just the uh, the results from two thousand through two thousand twelve. The, the the numbers didn't vary, but maybe one percent, maybe two percent in some cases, in organizations flat out there are three out of ten people are full on board engaged, meaning they're aware of the mission, they're aware of why we're here, they're in, they're sold, they you know they they drink the Kool Aid, they're 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 in, and and all their efforts and energy are toward that movement. Five out of ten, they say, are sleepwalking. They haven't decided yet. They're still just showing up, just showing up. They don't know why they're showing up. They're they're just showing up and doing their jobs. And then there's two out of ten that are actually working against forward movement. That's what I heard, right? Yeah, yeah. Did you ever hear this yeah. analogy? I heard if there's if you field a soccer team, there's eleven players in a soccer team. The corporate equivalent would be three players are going for the goal. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Five players don't know where the goal is, and three guys are actually trying to play for the other team. Yeah, and that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, and, and pretty so good analogy when, with me clearing my throat simultaneously. That's one point. That out. <laughs> Remarkable. Remarkable. And 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 so when we're when we're talking about engagement, engagement really means that they know why they're doing what they're doing. In other words, their 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 job title, whatever that is. If my job is to take the trash out, my job is not to take the trash out. I'm not taking the trash out so the trash can is empty. If that's all it is, I'm I'm not real inspired or motivated. But if I know why it's empty, what it's going to be able to do for us to be able to be more productive, more efficient, um, create this wonderful image, have people have a nice experience of us, cr- uh, increase our reputation, all those things that taking that trash out is attached to, now I've got an engaged employee. Otherwise, he or she is, is just coasting along and doing what they can do to get their job, get their job done, get their paycheck, and you know, not and and avoid. And you use this in in when you talk about uh, profit first. You you talk about how we are pain averse, right? So right. so people will do just enough just not to feel the pain of getting yelled at or or the consequences, and and that's it. So so what we're doing then? So so that's the employee engagement. So we're looking to have people feel cared about. And be clear about why they're doing what they're doing. And when that happens, the reality is people work longer hours. When they are working, they're not, they're not pulling that stunt like we saw in the movie Office Space where they're sitting there zoning out just Best hoping not ever. to get caught. Best movie ever. Best movie ever. And then he says, and he says at the end, so on a given week, I really put in about one hour of work. <laughs> right? That's, that's, what, that's what he says. So, so we're trying to, what we're trying to do is get people that want to come in and give eight hours of themselves to our movement because I'm a part of this thing. And when that happens, it shows up in customer service. It shows up in response time. It shows up in getting the orders right. If it's what we're manufacturing and we're pulling orders out of the warehouse and we're getting it ready for shipment. So we have fewer errors. We're far more efficient. We're meeting timelines. We're getting feedback from our customers that you guys hit the mark for us. We want to keep doing more business with you. Those kinds of things. You know, Chris, it took us nine episodes to get the most profound tip yet. It's the why. If people know why they're doing what the freak they're doing, <laughs> they're more engaged. It means more in profit. They are more engaged. And, and Mike, that along with they know that leadership Genius. cares about them as a human being. You put those two together, 
bam. See, now you're, you just mentioned that and it's funny. It feeds right into my next question. You, you mentioned at the beginning that uh, a lot of the, sometimes the executive team expects you to walk in and fix all their people and they don't want to hear that the problem is really with them, the executive team. So how, how do you, what, what does the executive team need to do, or in the case of small business, business owner, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, yeah. do, what, what do they need to take responsibility of to, to create this engagement and this uh, efficiency that you're talking about? Fair enough. And I love you said, and it, it doesn't matter if I have a thousand employees or I have five employees. It is the same thing. And, and by the way, the fact that this executive team or these leaders are in the room, that tells me right there that they're willing to take a look at because it, it, most of them would, wouldn't even bother to show up if, if they really thought this was had anything to do, um, if it was anything beyond just the employees needing to be fixed. So what I do, if you will, is put all the responsibility on on them. And what I say is, if you have people out there that are not motivated, what's your part in not finding out what motivates them? If you have people who feel uncared for, people, how is it that you're not communicating that? Why are they not getting that message? In that our employee performance is on us. And we have to take a look at how it is that we have not found out what they love doing, what they aspire to, what excites them, even something about them that demonstrates that I care about them as human beings, what motivates them. The running joke in my home, my wife's a banker, and our, our running joke is she gets these Starbucks gift cards every time she you know, has a, a good interaction with a customer, saves a sale, makes a little thing, and they have different denominations, and she comes home and goes, honey, I got you another Starbucks gift card. Because she doesn't drink coffee. It's funny. So, my my wife also gets uh, Starbucks gift cards by spending a thousand dollars at Starbucks. <laughs> you get a gift card. It's another alternative way. Wow. Hey, Rob, I, I know this is on your mind. You're like, why is Ron Saharan here? He's so quiet. Well, I want to tell you something. We have a little interlude we do at the 18 minute mark where we are now. He's going to play a sound over the uh, speaker, and you got to guess what this is. We were just testing your references to. Okay, listen to that. Okay, that's a 1980s reference. Do you know give, what that is? Give him the other sound; it'll help. Well, hold on, wait, wait. First, mm-hmm. do you have any idea what that is, Rob? Okay, I mean, it sounds like a siren, okay, a vehicle, emergency vehicle of some kind, but it is a 1980s reference. Now, here, so, okay, give him the next okay. one. 70s or 80s reference? Go. This will give it away. Hold on, we're struggling with the. the... <laughs> do you know what that is? <laughs> Do you, do you recognize that? I'm trying to catch my breath. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, where did I step into? Yeah, why? Why? Because we have interludes. Fair it's our commercial enough. break. Yeah. Yes. You know, it, you know anything it. that would come up with would be inappropriate. I, I don't know exactly <laughs> what it is. All right. I'm afraid I don't. Okay. Is there any other hint we can give? We'll do both. Simultaneously, here. <laughs> Anyone? Video game. Video game. That's the only Mr. Hint. and Mrs. Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Pat. Yes! Oh, yes! Chinga! Yes. There you go. Yes! And we're off to the second half. <laughs> All right, man. That's how we get the energy back up. Okay. Yeah, right on. And, and, by, and I'm about a half a generation behind you still. So I'm 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 still. Uh, our our thing was the uh, pinball machines. That, oh, that, yeah. Okay. Enjoy there. Yes. 
Oh, okay. Oh yeah, he's put damper on everything. I thought he's making fun of you, uh, but he's he's saying he's older. Yeah, he's saying he's older. Uh, yeah. Older. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, Definitely older. Okay, now we got other sounds going off that right. I don't recognize. Okay, so going back to what uh, <laughs> we totally distracted you from the important stuff. When it comes to the people, you're you're talking about you know, enable them, empower them, give them a why. What about telling them the numbers? Do you encourage leadership to tell the rank and file what the numbers look like in the business? Hell yes. Really? And that is hell yes. That is one of the number one complaints from employees, and it's, it's framed in a little different ways, is they don't get enough information about where we are and where we're going. Okay. And that does not mean that I need to share our debt, the where we are in trouble here or there. It is important, though, to let them know where we stand as a as a as an organization because the question I ask all the time why are we in business and the answer is and some people are afraid to say it we're in business to make money that's what we're in business for a now hopefully we offer a wonderful product service thing out there that people that'll make lives people's lives enjoyable and, and add to humanity and we're in business to make money because if we don't make money we can't keep doing what we're doing and provide that wonderful product or service out there so yes let's start letting people know that we last year we were a 17 million dollar company and this year we're going for 25 million dollars why is there a shame why is there a shame associated with we're out to make money because because i see that it seems systemic that people say ah we're out to save the world and you know if we make some money it's okay but uh, no no like you said money's critical do you experience that with your leaders why is that what what happens there's there's no doubt about it and i I think it's it's such a it's a it's a it's a real (laughs) deep issue mike i I think it's what happens in our culture period that there that money is demonized yeah that it is in fact i just watched the movie last night jobs which is a fantastic film by the way with um, ashton kutcher it's fantastic okay and um and and so um you know we want to we want to demonize we want to demonize microsoft we want to demonize oil companies we want to demonize apple and and the company that Porn makes business. a profit on this <laughs> this this uh this coffee cup that i'm making right here that so and i think that's part of what it is and we've got these relationships i mean and i've shared with you you know when i was growing up if i would ask for something my dad would say who do you think we are rockefellers yeah and then if there were people out there that were making money, my dad used to remind us all the time, they must have cheated the working man to get there. <sighs> yeah. I think I think people talking about, oh, we're in this for the cause, we want to do good, I think that's like an outward expression. I think inwardly, most people do know, hey, we got to make the money. It's almost like a PR campaign yeah, coming but out I think there's shame around it. Like People are like, dude, like money, we're really not about money. I think it's, it, like Rob's pointing out, it's mission critical. It's mandatory. You can't survive without it. It is. And, and Ron and Mike, the other thing also is it also gives them an out from when they have to close the doors because we were not about the money. Well, you and know, that's a good point, actually. Thing, hell yeah, it right? is. And then, and then if we say we're not about money and then somehow it didn't happen, you know, we, we get to go back on that, you know, with this, we, we fought the good fight and, you know, at least we, you know, we, we shook a few of those people on Mount Shasta, but, you know, Good effort. So, Mount Shasta being the word of the day. Yeah, yeah. Mount Shasta. You do word of the day. Our guests are throwing in their own words of the day now. Mount Shasta. I thought Shasta was a soda. Isn't isn't there a Shasta soda? It was a movie. 
When I was a kid, when I was a kid, it was Shasta and Craigmont. Those were our sodas when we were kids. Okay, oh. so see, hey, we're in the same. <laughs> so what is Mount Shasta? Is that like a, a literal mountain? Yeah, California. Uh, it's a literal mountain, and it's one of those places where people go to reconnect with their souls, their spirits, and uh... sit there and, and ohm a while. Nothing wrong with that, and it's okay if you go up there with a Versace bag on your shoulder. <laughs> it really is. That sounds so California. <laughs> you know, you made a good point when. When a business says, when a business fails, they can say, well, we weren't about the money in the first place. It's such an easy out. When you bring money to the forefront and say, we're all about the money, does that change that excuse? Does it make them more likely to push ahead and not accept failure? Well, it, it makes it more real. A, a good friend of mine, Grant Cardone, um, he's, a, he's a guy that teaches people how to sell out there. And I remember when Grant and I used to sit down, he used to say, Rob, we're about to talk about money. So what we're going to do is we're going to shift our energies right here, our relationship, who we are, our past, all that. We're going to set that aside for a moment so we can talk about money because money is important. And if we're talking business, we're talking about money. And we're not going to demonize it, but we're going to give it its due. It's important. We need to talk about it. And, Mike, as your, as your, your movement beautifully illustrates, it's not just the money. <laughs> that was the most filthy thing I've heard in my <laughs> life. <laughs> Re rephrase that, Rob. <laughs> Did you hang up? A movie. Come on, didn't you, didn't you read the book Tribes by Seth Godin? I did, I did. All right, so. Uh, all right. <laughs> no, you didn't understand um, my philosophy. filthy logic there. Yeah, Your philosophy. No, I got it. I understood it. <laughs> so your, your philosophy around, it's about the profits. It's about how much we're able to build a keep. It's, and and, and uh, it's, it's important to talk about it. It's important to talk about it in an organization. Let that be, let that be an understanding that this is how we measure how we're doing as a business. Yeah. And, you know, and one of the things I loved that uh, one of the things that the movie points out, the jobs, and, you know, how much of it's fictional and how much of it really happened, he points out that we're not trying to be like others or do what others are doing better. We're trying to be different. And you, you emphasize differentiator so much. How do we become different? How do we, uh, to steal another uh, term, how do we become our own blue ocean? Mm. And, and, and you know, profit from that place right there. Different is better. Rob, my final question for you, and this, we, we've been talking yeah. about how you serve corporate, but what about for your own business? As you reflect back up, upon building your, I mean, freaking awesome practice, and uh, we'll give you some details if anyone wants to check out what Rob's doing. As you've built your practice, looking back, is there anything you have done differently around profit? Mm, uh, yeah. Mike, I would have embraced some of your teachings sooner in life. Wow. Um, yeah, that's you know, totally so for that. I, I, I just would have. I would have. There was, there was this part of me that was operating under this idea that I, I didn't want the restrictions of knowing how much was here and there. And, I, and, and this idea of planning and strategizing. And it, somehow I had this framework that it was constrictive and it was going to kill my spirit. And, you know, my wife for years, Mike – practice exactly what you teach us is why we were able to go on vacations every year and get another car or do all the things that we did. And I had no idea what the hell she was doing. I just knew I didn't want to talk to her about it <laughs> because 
because she would kill my does it have to be that rigid and can we just like just trust the universe will provide that's such bullshit I, 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 I get that it's important that we be positive thinking and trust but having a legitimate strategy around profit has freed me up in so many ways I, I, I can't even express how much it's freed me up I was my own worst enemy and I was constantly, you know, seeing that, you know, if a check came in from a client for 3000 or 15000 I go, great, now I can do this and do that. And I thought all this was income, but I didn't look at what it cost me to bring it in, what my expenses really were. You know, I suddenly felt rich and I would go, you know, buy another product or service to, or a desk or whatever the hell it is. And, and I, I wasn't operating from a place of, of knowing. So not knowing sucks and hurts business knowing is power and, so much power and chris i gotta tell you one thing about rob is uh he takes vacations in hawaii which are freaking awesome but he consistently does it he also does what i call the time first principle he gets the profit component but he also allocates personal time he's one of the yeah. few people that doesn't compromise his personal life just to squeeze out another penny and ironically he's more profitable because of it wow yeah he's the guy that's rob, awesome rob if people want to learn more about you and listen people if you're a people listening you better learn more about <laughs> rob rob where can they find out more about you you know they can they can uh, obviously uh, search my name on the the social media and all that. Uh, I'd love for them to go to my website robbraun.com. Just get those three B's in there. And the best way to to connect and just be a part of my world right now is to click on that little button that says Robisms. It's a weekly kick you in the butt, get your mind, your spirit, your your way right to be able to move forward. And that that's a, a great place right there. So um, and then my site, the leadership source, that's more the corporate side. Um, the training, uh, seeing what we're doing for our organization. So, so both the two sites right there, just just give a good look at what the heck I'm doing and why we're doing what we're doing. We'll have all of Rob's notes in our show notes, all the links. Yep. And Rob, did you catch the uh, the the code word or the phrase that we used? Surprisingly, no phrase. Did I was I supposed to know this ahead of time? No, that's that's why we put you on uh -huh. mute so you couldn't hear it. We threw in a secret word or phrase inappropriately. No, I shouldn't say everything's inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> unexpectedly, did you know what it was? No, I don't. Okay, oh. he did guess Pac Man, so he gets fifty percent. Yes. Okay. Well, hold on. Was it? It was a word that you all used. And yeah, it Chris like used it. Shit. My hmm. first question. Oh. Yeah. When no, you have to man. grab someone by the shoulders and shake them, oh, yeah. slam them like a duck. Oh, there you go, like an Oregon duck. Wow, that was uh, a shout out from one of our Pac-10 conference uh, fans listening in. That's well, for you, Connie. It's Pac-12 now. Oh, it's a Pac-12 now. Oh, geez, I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's a Pac-12 shout out. Chris wanted to do the Crimson Tide or or, or the Buckeyes, and he's like, "Now Rob will catch Oregon ducks." So it was in your honor. <laughs> So, okay, terrific. which I think ironically, Florida State's taken it all. That's yeah. unexpected. Florida State takes it all. Uh, and by the time this broadcasts, uh, we'll have the proof because it's going to, I think this will broadcast at the same time that Florida State takes it all. Well, or it doesn't. Fantastic. I would love for them to do it just to silence everybody up. Well, that's why I'm thinking they're going to take it because the other three teams are so superior. But hey, listen, yeah. that's another show. <laughs> um, yep. Rob, an honor to have you on board. We'll catch you later, brother. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Rob. you so much. It was my pleasure as well. Later on. All right. Dude, what'd you learn, Chris? You know, geez, this was, uh, my head is spinning over here. 
Can I start then? Go ahead, please. Go ahead. Uh, while you put your... Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that, that... What was that movie? An Exorcist. Like your head yeah. spinning. All of a sudden you start jamming a cross into your... Yeah. Or Beetlejuice. Either one. Or Beetlejuice. I met Garrett Boone. Garrett Boone is the co-founder of Container Store. And he was at a conference. I sit down for lunch. I sit down right with him. He pulls... I just talked to him and... I'm, and the big thing about Container Store is they've pulled on amazing employee after amazing employee, kind of what Rob was talking about. I said, what's the secret? He grabs a napkin, blows his nose, grabs another napkin, and he writes on it, 1A equals 3B, 1B equals 3C. And he points and he says, 1A performing employee can perform at the level of 3B players. 1B player can perform at the level of 3C players. He goes, only hire A players because you're getting three for one. And he goes, yeah, you'll pay him more, but you're not going to pay him three times. You may pay him one and a half times what everyone else dictates, but you're getting the quality of three people. He says, we spend a disproportionate amount of time finding A players and it's changed our business radically. And I, I encourage you, Chris, go to Container Store, just for the shopping experience, it'll blow your mind what a, what A players are like truly in a retail outlet, and that's his formula. Wow. Yeah. What'd you learn? I liked when you asked him what he would do differently, he would have more strategy and systems around profit. And yeah, I mean, again, common sense, it doesn't sound like a revelation, but my God, how how... Everyone says how much of a difference that makes in their business. Totally. And I swear to God, I'm not like telling these people to talk about profit first or promote it. I mean, listen, I'd send them a check for a couple hundred dollars <laughs> if they happen to drop it in. Um, but a lot of these people are my buddies, like, you know, as you can tell. So uh, yeah. it feels a little uncomfortable when people say stuff, but I'm getting kind of more used to it now. Yeah. And he said five out of 10 people, employees are sleepwalking in your business. Isn't that funny? And, and some are your enemies. Some, Weird. I, I'm not sleepwalking, Mike. <laughs> Ron. Yeah, there he is. His two words of the day. I mean, Ron did crush it with the Pac-Man. Oh, killed it. Killed thank, it. Thank you, guys. Are you, are you going to come back for our next uh, next episode? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like Silent Bob over there. Right? Hey, I want to talk about our sponsors real quick before we do the final wrap-up here. Yeah. Nextiva, that's our primary sponsor. They do voice over IP phones. L- literally, we use them in our office. We love the value. We love what it does. We love the functionality. It's a great phone system. After I use them for a few years, I finally convinced them, hey, uh, could you guys come on board and sponsor us? <laughs> Fundera is an online uh, uh, fund sourcing uh, site. So if you need money f- to build your business, f- maybe you got to buy some more equipment around here. Maybe, for God's sake, you could get some art put it on the wall or something. <laughs> well, if you need the funding, go to Fundera. They outsource it. They find the best funder. Uh, or lender and the best rates and you can get funding from them and T-Sheets a really cool edgy software T-Sheets T-Sheets I still have the recordings of Lisa singing all our sponsor names too I know she was awesome wasn't she yeah so T-Sheets is a time tracking system so if you have employees part time employees or employees that are tracking hourly use T-Sheets or if you have job costing or any of that type of stuff T-Sheets is awesome dude the final thing for the day Good one. Yeah. What do you got? Nothing. I'm, <laughs> I have absolutely nothing. The only reason I said there's a final thing for today is so people listen to the sponsor part. So <laughs> no. if you're listening, I apologize. Well, no, the final thing is look, you know, one thing with podcasts, you can find our show on iTunes and Stitcher, and it really helps if you rate and review the show in iTunes oh, and please Stitcher. Please do. Yeah, that really helps a lot because if you're liking this show and you're finding some value in it, there's other people like you who might want to find some value. So, And we're changing the format around. We got feedback saying, Mike, put the sponsors at the end. After six minutes of listening to you blab on about sponsors, I don't want to listen to the show. So we're making some adjustments. Did our did our sharpest critic get back to us after we spotlighted him on- one Harry of the- Glasscock? 
Was that his name? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Uh, yeah, actually, no, yes. What? It was Harry. No. Was it Glasscock? Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I have not heard from Glasscock. That's not, I, um, that's not a joke. <laughs> no, no, no. Harry. He was pissed. Yeah. He was Go pissed. look. It's episode one on the website, and it's the f- first comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first comment I got, I got slammed. <laughs> and honestly, I'm not a fit. We're not, I'm not a fit for everybody, and I totally respect him um, for, for saying that. It, we're talking about profit in a different way. We like to joke around and have some fun. And uh, we know it's a successful episode if you learned at least one thing and you laughed at least twice. That's it. On that note. Who's this new music? No. Oh, this is the guitar solo. It's a little intro. Here goes. Here comes. Here comes. Nine. Yeah. <laughs> nine. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Episode nine. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do on ten? What's the German word for ten? Um, nine. Same. Same. Oh. That's not as... I had to count all the way. <laughs> not as brutal. <laughs> Insane. Yeah, Thanks, everybody. ProfitFirstPodcast.com is the website. Really, we appreciate you listening. Thanks, Get your Mike your pets neutered and spaded. All right. Thank you, guys.